Welcome to PRN's Progressive Radio News Hour. I'm Steve Lenman. My guest today is John Cozy. John, it's great to have you back again. I missed you last month. I wish we could have gone on. I had my own uh, issues to deal with, as you know. And yep. it's uh, terrific to have you back on today. Uh, always so much going on. I want to go on uh, discuss whatever topics are most in your mind. But let's begin at least uh, with some discussion of what's been going on in Paris last week, over the weekend. Continuing, and it's a daily story, and I wrote four or five articles on it. Just the just the event on Sunday, uh, the march and the assemblage in Paris on Sunday. I called it an expression of gross hypocrisy, and the whole event to me is nothing but what I believe is a false flag with the with the uh, Karachi brothers and uh, and maybe this other individual who held up a held hostages in a kosher supermarket. Uh, I suspect that they were used as convenient patsies to uh, facilitate the policies that I see coming down in France, other European countries, in America, in the wake of what happened. A pretty disgusting situation. Well, you know, yeah, I was thinking about writing an article about this that uh, is a little bit different, but basically the same point. Uh, I was going to talk about, you know, all the hypocrisy. And my my point was going to be different. It was that uh, here we have Christmas Day, the celebration by Christians of their Savior, the Prince of Peace, the Father of Forgiveness, uh, all uh, at 12.01 a.m. going to church at midnight mass and whatever, and saying peace on earth, good goodwill to men, and then twelve hours later going to a movie uh, about an assassination of a foreign leader. If that's not hypocrisy, I have no idea what is. Oh, I agree with you, John. I agree I mean, with you. I mean, what what kind of people are these that'll celebrate the birth of Christ by watching a murder movie? I mean, you know, I mean, where where is the Christian community in this country that is supposed to uh, uh, that that claims all the time that this is a Christian nation? Just where are they? Where were their voices? They were silent, and this nonsense about freedom of speech—that the movie was had to be shown to to show that you know we we protect freedom of speech—is baloney. They wouldn't have shown an, uh, a movie about Negroes uh, using the, the, the infamous N-word. They would have been up in arms about it. So there's your freedom of speech for you. Or to call uh, the Jewish community by some of the slang words that were used in the 1920s. They would never have done it. And to talk about this as being freedom of speech is just pure, plain bull. Oh, it is bull, John. The, 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 the cries of free speech and chase sweet Charlie. What a lot of rubbish. I mean, there's this crap that's crammed down the throats of not only French people, but millions of people around the world. I mean, the, the entire thing was, 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 was stage manipulation. And I mean, if you, want to, if you want to be concerned about the rights of others, uh, Christian, Jews, Muslim, whatever, uh, what, what, what about love thy neighbor and uh, thou shalt not kill and, and, and do unto others, etc.? What about those principles? I, I I haven't heard any of those words. That's not, that's not freedom of speech. I mean, I mean, these are the things that people should live their lives by, the guiding principles that we all should live by. But we don't hear about this. We hear hate. We, we see murdering black people in America, using Muslims as targets of choice, uh, 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 rampaging the world with one imperial war after another, mourning over 17 dead in Paris, while America and its NATO allies murder millions. Murder millions. Who mourns yeah, for them, John? Yeah, it's not freedom of speech. It's it's uh, uh, freedom of insult. I mean, that's what they're talking about. The the freedom that we uh, take upon ourselves to insult people we don't like. And 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 it's okay. It's freedom of speech if we insult insult people we don't like. But if someone insults us, oh boy, that's a catastrophic event 
I mean, it's it's hypocrisy that's so enormous that that it's shameful. And, 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 people, and the the entire uh, uh, group of of media personnel who reported on this are as complicit and as hypocritical about it, freedom of speech, and the news and everything else as anyone. I mean, I haven't heard anyone bring up the 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 the, the, the absurdity of celebrating the birth of Christ by by watching a murder movie. Nobody said it. Nobody spoke out about it. Well, the media very definitely is complicit, John. I mean, just repeating the official big lies and going on, you know, hyperventilating the stuff that comes out of the nation's capitals but, in Washington. But, but, but I'm, I'm, even, I'm even getting getting tougher than that. I mean, when we speak of the media, you know, that's a kind of amorphous generality. But, you know, uh, specific newsmen, uh, the, the guy on ABC, Muir, uh, the, the 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 people on CNN, uh, uh, Wolf the Rain, uh, Wolf the Rainbow Blitzer, you know, uh, uh, I mean, they're as complicit personally as 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 the media generally. I mean, they are terrible, disingenuous, dishonest people uh, reporting the news to the American people. Well, that's and, true, John. And, and, and if somebody somebody needs to say it, to, somebody needs to, to to look Wolf Blitzer in the eye and say you're a goddamned liar. Well, I'd love, will. I'd love to on tele- national television if he'd invite me on. Yeah, sure, I would too, but no, he won't do it. <laughs> but but that's what needs to be done, and that's my take on and on on what's happening in Paris, and 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 what. This massive demonstration that they had, it's nonsense. Demonstrations won't affect anything. You, you know, if, if, if those Kalachi brothers or whoever they were, uh, were really uh, members of, of uh, ISIS or supporting ISIS or Al-Qaeda or whatever, uh, they're not going to be influenced by watching that demonstration. It's a joke. John, not in, not in the slightest. Let's just assume that these guys were uh, pretty angry and they managed to get their hands on some pretty heavy weapons, uh, Kalashnikovs, and uh, they really committed an act out of out of whatever motives they may have had, vengeance or, or, or just, just anger about the things that were on their mind. Let's assume all of that is true exactly the way anybody might lay it out in a scenario. What isn't said is that these people, or many, many others like them, nameless, faceless people, are recruited, armed, trained, and directed by America and its allies at training bases in Jordan, in the, in the state of in the country of Georgia, in Turkey, uh, run by CIA, run by U.S. special forces. These people are literally trained and armed and funded sent cross-border to fight the Syrian government, the legitimate Syrian government, supported by almost 90% of the population. Overwhelmingly, these people are enlisted to do these kind of things. They come from countries, dozens of countries from around the world. The ones who want killed the main, some of them end up going back home again. I suppose it's logical to think that some of them might be angry and might vent their anger in different ways. So let's assume everything happened the way it was spelled out of the media. The real villain is America and their allies for initiating these kinds of activities, for recruiting these kinds of people, for training them, for teaching them atrocities. The atrocities these people commit in countries like Syria, Iraq, and elsewhere are taught to them by U.S. operatives, operatives from other countries. They learn these things. They just don't go out one day and say, oh, well, we'll start beheading people. They're taught to do these things and commit other atrocities and use chemical weapons against innocent people, against civilians, men, women, and children, and then, again, some of them go home, and incidents happen. But, again, the guilty parties are America and its allies and its Israel because they're the ones that plotted these things, carrying out their schemes, enlisting people from around the world as, 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 as patsies. 
to carry out their agenda. Let's point fingers at the real guilty parties, not the people who have been used to serve their purposes. But, of course, you'll never get an explanation like that, John, in the major media, the scoundrel media, as I like to call it. Well, yeah, I mean, no, you're not going to get an explanation like that. And, and, and no one's going to ever admit that the government was involved in doing it. Uh, so, you, you know, it, it, I mean, that, that, it, it's, that's all worthwhile to say, but it, it carries no probative value. It never, you know, it's not going to convince anybody who's not convinced already. Oh, I agree with you. I know, I know intelligent people, John, who, when I say things to them, like you and I are discussing now, uh, they look at me like, like, like I don't know what the devil I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, yeah and some so. will even say, why, why are you criticizing America? My God, I mean, do these people live in a cave? Don't they know what's going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's very hard to understand how they don't see what's going on. Uh, but, but then again, that's a feature of, of of our society in general, I mean, people can 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 look look evil straight in the eye, and 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 not see it in in our society, and and I, I you know that's hard for me to understand, but uh, I mean they do it all the time. Oh, they, indeed, they do it all the time. Uh, well, I won't mention any names, but uh, but some people I know and uh, intelligent people who should know better. And in this day and age, when it's so easy, so simple to find out the facts about major issues, it doesn't take a lot of time. If you spend 15 minutes a day, dare I say 30, instead of, instead of your eyes glued to a TV set telling you nothing but rubbish, just a small amount of time, you, you'd know you'd know virtually you wouldn't know everything, but you'd know enough about what you needed to know to realize that your government lies to you, that the things they claim they're carrying out to help us, to benefit people, to improve life in America, it's all a lot of rubbish. It's a lot, a lot of big lies. And if you knew it and realized how these policies are harming you, then just maybe there might be an incentive to do something to change things. But instead, people focus on TV. They go to the ball game. They go shopping. They go to movies. Exactly what the government wants you to do. Hey, I, I, yeah, you know, uh... I don't, I, you know, uh, I, I, I really, well, I, I guess I do know how to explain it. And I did in the last paper I wrote you, I sent you. Uh, you, know, you know, when you look at America, uh, you have to conclude that there's something terribly wrong here with the educational system. Uh, how is it possible that Ted Cruz, the senator, could grow up in a home that's with a right-wing father uh, and absorb all that stuff and then go off to college and never learn a thing and, and manage to get, get, get awarded degrees. How is it possible that that kind of ignorance survives the American uh, educational system. The same sort of thing is true of Ron uh, uh, Rand Paul. I mean, he, he, has, he hasn't had an original idea of his own. All, all he does is, is parrot what his father taught him when he was 10 and, and, and somehow or other goes through college more than four years uh, and comes out as dumb as he was at age 10. How is that possible? It can only be possible if, if the educational system is teaching the same damn junk that his father did. That's the only way it was, it, it's possible. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I grew up in a household of, of, of uh, uh, immigrants, who never went to school. They had their own ideas, of course, but they never went to school. If I had come home from college and, 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 and had the same ideas that my father had, he would have said, Johnny, you're wasting your time. What the hell are you going to college for if you're not learning anything? But we don't have that attitude in America anymore. You know, we, 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 people go to college and 
don't learn anything but conventional, uh, the, what's, what's known as the conventional wisdom. And I, I pointed out in that paper that conventional wisdom is not only rarely wise, it's rarely true. And, and, and our universities, I don't care which, where you start, are, are all doing it. They're teaching conventional wisdom. And uh, when you look at what universities teach and what they don't teach, you get a very good idea of what the society is about. Well, John, that's that's absolutely true. And I've quoted Howard Zinn, the late Howard Zinn, a number of times saying that uh, the purpose of education through the doctoral level is to teach people how to be good citizens. You know, don't tell them what they need to know. Just make them good citizens so they'll go along with uh, the policies that uh, that the government uh, continues to institute. And it took me getting out of college for a while and grad school for a while, John, to realize uh, really what the word commencement uh, really meant. You know, the beginning of, of, of your education, and my education was mainly after I finished up my formal schooling and what I taught myself. So what college and graduate school did for me is it taught me how to learn, it taught me how to think, Think, but 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 the real learning of the stuff that I most need to know, I had to do it myself because they didn't give it to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and, and in my paper, I wanted to point out that uh, the difference between what we teach in school and what we don't teach in school, and what we don't teach in school marks the the culture, characterizes the culture to a greater extent than what we do teach in school. I pointed out, for instance. Uh, there are at least three war colleges in America. Okay, there is not a single peace college in America. We don't teach peace. They don't we teach, teach John, this, war. There's a so-called Institute of Peace. It may have a longer name, but the last thing it promotes is peace. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> it calls but, it, you know, real Orwellian. John calls itself peace and really is 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 a war promoter, not a peace promoter. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I pointed out, you know, we have theology schools, okay? We have no atheology schools, which strikes me Indeed. as being interesting. You know, uh, 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 we have trade school, business schools that teach trade policy. We have no business school that, that, that teaches smuggling policy. You know, why? Huh? Well, we don't want people to smuggle. We want them to trade, okay? Uh, I pointed out that, you know, once upon a time, uh, not too long ago, uh, in, in, in the public schools, girls uh, learned home economics and the boys learned shop and, and auto mechanics. No more. Why not? Because if you don't know how to do it, you have to buy it. Okay? If you can't fix your car yourself, you have to take it to a mechanic and pay him. If you can't cook, you go to McDonald's. Uh, okay? And, and, and then and, and the, 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 the capstone of the paper was, there's another thing that we don't teach. We don't give doctorate degrees in morality. Mm-hmm. We do not teach morality in any of our educational institutions, which means that we don't approve of morality. And that, that you know, becomes obvious in public policy. So, so my point was that, you know, the, 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 the educational institutions in this country are nothing more than a, a cultural mouthpieces for in fact, what happens to be a 16th century English culture. And, and, and society has not improved a single iota uh, in the four centuries since, uh, since then. It's really gotten worse, John, because if you well, go yeah, back... Well, it's gotten worse because it's, we, we, do, we, we have the ability to do more of it uh, in, in more violent ways. Well, exactly. In the olden, olden days, they had uh, uh, shields and swords, and today we have nuclear weapons and ICBMs. Hey, yeah. Um, I, I mean, uh, I, I don't, uh, you know, yeah, to prove that, one proof that uh, 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 
this society is, is, is gone cuckoo, is to have educated scientists, these guys who are supposed to have devoted their lives to finding the truth about things, building weapons of war. And none of them have a slightest bit of guilt for doing it. I mean, that, 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 that's obviously you know, uh, 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 a ridiculous situation that we have you know, spent all this time educating these people on uh, building weapons to kill people with. No, no, nobody has taught them anywhere in the school system that killing is wrong, even though you know, we claim to be a nation in which, uh, which follows a commandment saying that thou shalt not kill. Um, I mean, that's such, such, such hypocrisy, and, 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 and it, it's not only hypocrisy among scientists and other people, but the religious community itself, the, the clerics in this country, are the greatest hypocrites of all. Well, I'm ranting today, aren't I? Oh, you're in good form, John. I, th I think there are lots of candidates for people who really uh, do not uh, do things that they should do. Uh, you, you don't hear much said in public about uh, berating the crimes that are being committed uh, by America, by its allies, uh, NATO, uh, Israel against Palestinians and others. You don't hear any of this. You just get the Kool-Aid about uh, how wonderful things are at, at a time that I call the most perilous in world history. And I don't think that's any exaggeration at all. Things were never great when I was growing up, but, but they were marvelous compared to the way they are today when for the first time in my life I'm really scared about the possibility that we could end up in a nuclear war that could that could, that, that could become Armageddon, something that serious, because there, yeah. there are lunatics running around making yeah, policy. I read a piece, on, I think, on Global Research recently about uh, uh, United Nations or some, some group's uh, uh, condemnation of... Uh, the, the, the growth of Nazism, and that the four countries voted against it, the United oh, yeah. States, uh, Palalu, uh, uh, I don't know who else. Can't remember. Well, it was Only... America, Israel, oh. a small Pacific yeah, island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The there were four countries, and, America and, and Canada Israel. was the other one. Yeah, that's right, yeah. You know, I mean... And, uh, and and that was never in the the mainstream press. I mean, astonishing. Never... I mean, voting against the resolution condemning Nazism is endorsing it. Yeah, it's endorsing it, in but, but... In, which means endorsing the worst Nazi crimes. And that's what America did, and Canada, and Israel, and this small Pacific island that, of course, got pushed to do. It had no choice. It just got bullied to do what America told it to do. Yeah, but, but but the interesting is that, you, that nobody points this out. You know, you know, nobody on on CNN or MSNBC or even Fox News, you know, has the, has has the courage to point out that that we're we're supporting Nazism. Four countries in the world against all the others. I mean, aside, aside from the policies, John. We're in Ukraine alone. I mean, Ukraine is the reemergence of fascism in Europe's heartland. It's not the only fascist country. You've got some others, but Ukraine is a big country, a big landmass, right in the heartland of Europe, bordering Russia, 1,500-kilometer land and sea border. And NATO is just dying to get Ukraine enrolled as a country. Russia, of course, is absolutely uh, intolerant against it to the to the point where it might do something it hasn't done up to now to prevent it. I mean, a very serious situation because if Ukraine becomes part of NATO, it means America can, can establish bases with nuclear-armed missiles right on Russia's border. Now, can you imagine if Russia had bases on the Canadian-American border or the American uh, can, or the uh, Mexican-American uh, border? Uh, establish its bases, put in missiles that could strike any target in America quickly 
quickly. I mean, you can strike any target in America right now from any place in the world, but you could strike quickly if you're right on the border. Can you imagine the reaction in America? It literally would be a causes belli, and we could find ourselves at war because something like that happened. And that's exactly what America wants to do to Russia. And, and, and not a word mentioned in the major media that Russia has every every right to be outraged by this and to and, and to absolutely institute policies to stop it at any cost because if it doesn't stop it before it takes place for certain Russia will end up being destroyed and controlled. God knows what else. How many millions of people killed? You've got to act before the thing goes too far, and that's what Russia will do. So NATO, so NATO getting Ukraine enrolled will be by stealth. Certainly not anything quickly, but by stealth. But this is the plan to get all the countries around Russia and China enrolled in NATO. Well, NATO's role, U.S. dominated NATO. NATO. The goal is to get all countries enrolled in NATO, except America's enemies, then go after them one by one, eliminate them either by coups or, or, or assassinating their leaders or wars if you have to, until you come down to the final two, the major, the major rivals, China and Russia. I mean, it's impossible to think that the leaders of any country would want a war with Russia and China. And I don't think America does, but when crazies run things, you can, mistakes can be made, anything can happen, we could end up with a war with Russia or China. And if it happens, it's almost guaranteed to be nuclear war. And if that happens, it's almost guaranteed that if humanity isn't wiped out, a hell of a lot of it will be. I don't want to live in a world like that, John. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, you know I, I, I agree with you. The, 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 uh, uh, the, the thing about it, which, uh, which I don't think that uh, American policymakers take into consideration, is the fact that, uh, you know, take Ukraine as an example. Uh, you know, there's there's a distinction between what the government wants and what the people want. And in the Ukraine, uh, the government want, want, want the government wants corruption. I mean, the Ukrainian politics are, are a sewer, and 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 the, 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 that's what the people rose up against uh, uh, that, that that began this uh, trouble in the Ukraine in the first place. And and what are we doing? We're siding with the people in the sewer. Well, that's another one of these, you know, obvious observations that you make. Uh, I was I was I was reading about uh, uh, IKEA wanted to sell furniture in the Ukraine, and the Ukrainians wanted to buy it, but IKEA couldn't couldn't open a, 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 a an outlet in Ukraine because the people uh, who who had to be uh, who who had to issue the permit. Wanted so much corruption, so wanted so much payoff that 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 IKEA wouldn't do it. I mean, and and that is the the kind of thing that can frustrate America's plans. And uh, uh, it, it's a thing that 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 I don't understand why America doesn't doesn't uh, well. I'm, I don't think it's America in the first place. I don't think that it's the world it's the world financial community, I, and I don't think that. That, that they care whether America survives or Russia survives or Saudi Arabia survives. They don't give a damn just so long as they survive. Uh, uh, the, the, the financial community is, is, uh, would put what we know about Satan to shame <laughs> with its, its, its notions. Uh, but, but I think that, the, you know, there, there get, there's going to come a point where there is no money to be uh, to be uh, ex- uh, extracted from people, people aren't going to have any money to extract. And uh, by, by, by at that point, what they will do, I don't know. Uh, who was it? Napoleon said that uh, religion is what keeps the poor keeps the poor from uh, killing the rich. Well, I don't know whether religion has any role in it, but uh, one of these days, uh, the poor will kill the rich. 
Well, part of a scheme to uh, keep things rolling so the bankers keep making money is that uh, it may be a little bit harder to uh, come up with, with the trillions of dollars of cash to bail out bankers the next time they get in trouble, and they will be in trouble, get in trouble, and they may be in trouble now just waiting for something to come down and, and, and the evidence to come out with all the turbulence going on right now. But the next scheme is instead of bailing them out, it's bailing them in using depositor money, depositor money from checking accounts, savings accounts, money market accounts. And I wrote about this a while ago, but most people don't realize that when you put your money in a bank in America, I don't know how it works in other countries, but when you put your money in a bank in America, it is no longer yours. It belongs to the bank, and all you have is an IOU for the, from the bank to pay you back in bank stock, or however they may want to do it. But of course, if the bank goes under, so goes your money. It goes under with you. But the key point is once in a depo- once in an account in a bank, uh, especially the bigger ones, you know Chase, uh, Goldman. I don't know if Goldman has, has 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 personal accounts, but the J.P. Morgan, Chase, Wells, banks like that. You put your money in the bank; it belongs to the bank. And I, I don't think that one person in 10,000 realizes that, but that's the truth, and anybody can look it up and see what's going on. By the way, a comment I wanted to make before John, when you were talking about. Ukraine in the context of the people angry a year ago about corruption in the country, and they had every reason to be angry because there was plenty of corruption in the country, even though the government was democratically elected. But in an article I put out this morning, I discovered that that the majority of people in Ukraine now are furious because the corruption today under the new government in Kiev is worse worse than it was. Yeah, yeah, it's worse than it was, and and then and. and, uh... You know, anybody who uh, had his eye on a situation could see that happening. Uh, I mean, and, and uh, you know, maybe there's nothing the Ukrainian people could do about it. Uh, and the, the, the candy maker uh, may not have been able to do anything about it, although I'm sure his uh, hands are in the middle of chocolate. Uh, uh, oh, you, oh, you mean the president of Ukraine? Yeah. The chocolate king. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he's. I'm, I'm sure his. <laughs> I'm sure his. Uh, I'm sure his uh, hands are soaked in the in 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 the melted chocolate of corruption. Well, you know the old the old the old uh, Balzac quote. Uh, Balzac, I believe. You know. Anyway, <clears throat> Anybody rich enough to be worth a billion dollars or more, uh, they, in my words, they made money the old-fashioned way. But, you know, behind, behind every fortune is a crime, was roughly the quote. And indeed, I mean, Ukraine is a hugely corrupt country. It's been that way for many, many years. And oligarchs run it. This Poroshenko character, he's a guy that Washington picked. He's a front man, a patsy for Washington, you know, takes orders from Washington, does what he's told. And you've got fascists that are running the country. And I wrote an article today. He came out a couple of days ago and said, we can end the conflict in Ukraine in two weeks. Well, baloney, end the conflict in Ukraine. Not a word about the fact that the conflict is naked aggression uh, at the behest of Washington, initiated by, by Kiev. If you want to end the conflict in two weeks, why in hell did you initiate it in the first place? The conflict's been going on since last April. What, in two weeks? Why not, why not two weeks ago? Why not two months ago? Why not six months ago? Why did you initiate it in the first place? Why, on the other hand, do you say, by your policies, that you want democracy crushed, you want hardline policy instituted nationwide. There's a word for it, Ukraine style. It's called fascism. And that's exactly yeah. what, what it is. All human and civil rights wiped out, eliminated. All opposition elements wiped out, eliminated, murdering them if you have to. Uh, uh, Russian media uh, closed down. Anything in Russian closed down. Russian journalists arrested, beaten, some of them killed. This is the kind of stuff that's going on in Ukraine. I got an email, John, a month or two ago from a Ukrainian thanking me for my writing and, and basically saying in a short email, I, I quoted him in one of my Chronicles without mentioning his name, but basically saying everything you write about, writing about is going on, and there's a hell of a lot more. I mean, this this country is an absolute disaster, run by lunatics instituting the most aggressive, repressive policies. And this is today's Ukraine, and I call the people running it Obama's new friends. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you know, it was obvious you talk about. Uh, the, the civil war that took place in, uh, well, 
that is taking place or took place in eastern Ukraine would never have happened if Poroshenko hadn't sent troops to the east. You know, I mean, so, so I mean, uh, we, we blame that on Russia, but really, Poroshenko's the guy who did it. Always the guy who did it. Russia has gone all up. I followed Russian policy, John, all the way through these things, including things coming out of Moscow, from Putin, from Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov, from other Russian officials. Russia has literally bent over backwards to try to end the conflict, to resolve it peacefully and equitably, so, so that no side gets the better of the other side. I mean, you can see it in things, at, one thing after another, being instituted, being recommended out of Moscow, and these things being, being either thumbed their nose at, or something's being instituted. There was a Geneva Agreement at the behest of Moscow, a, a supposed, a supposed uh, uh, four-party agreement last, last April, uh, spurned immediately by the people in Kiev. Then there was a Minsk Agreement on the 5th of September, followed by a Memorandum of Understanding on the 19th of September. Kiev signed on to both of them at the start, and then straight away violated the terms. Russia didn't violate the terms. Russia didn't invade Ukraine. Russia isn't, isn't stoking conflict. The freedom fighters in Ukraine, the only thing they want is a government that's a democratic one. They don't want a fascist government. They don't want to be ordered around repressively. They want basic rights instituted in international law that everyone deserves. Everyone has a right to, to, to demand rights like that. And Ukraine and Washington and its NATO allies absolutely refuse these things. So we have a war going on instituted by naked aggression out of Kiev and the people in the Donbass area, Lugansk and Donetsk, they're defending themselves. And that's why I call them freedom fighters. And they are freedom fighters. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, they're freedom fighters, and and it's interesting, you know, that uh, the the Ukrainian forces that uh, Poroshenko is sending into the east uh, haven't been very successful at, you know, at imposing their will upon the uh, eastern eastern Ukrainians. But you know, I mean, I, I'm of Ukrainian descent, and I'm I'm very much aware of what has gone on in that country historically. And uh, it, it, it has always had an enormously large uh, fascist, anti-Semitic element. I mean, and, 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 and nothing has happened in that country, uh, you know, since the Second World War or even during the Second World War to change that. I mean, I mean in the Second World War, uh, Eastern and Western Ukrainians fought each other. The Western Ukrainians fighting on the side of fascists, and the yes. Eastern Ukrainians fighting on the side of Russia. I mean, it, not, yeah, they, yeah. I mean, it's not. Uh, but there's nothing new about that. It's oh, there's not. There's, there's nothing. I, I learned Ukrainian history a little bit, John, in in, in writing my articles, and then, and then the book that uh, you and I contributed to. And uh, I mean, it's really shocking to to think how extremist uh, people in Ukraine were, especially in the West. And this Stepan Bandera, I mean, a, a Nazi supporter who wanted to murder Jews and and and, and murder others. I mean, I mean, he was as bad as the worst Nazis in, in Berlin. Yeah, you know, and 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 the, and the hypocrisy of it all, uh, the the contradiction. Uh, the United States uh, uh, is 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 on the line for supposedly protecting Israel and against anti-Semitism, etc. And uh, it's also supporting uh, uh, fascist Ukrainians who want to kill Jews. Uh, I mean that 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 it's 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 I I put this in an article of, you know some time back ago about Henry Kissinger. Uh, he's just a a, a a resurrection of Machiavelli, and and that's all he is. Uh, 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 the policies of strength uh, those, uh, that, that he advocates uh, uh, are uh, Machiavellian through and through, and and, and and that's what's happening in America today. It doesn't matter uh, whether you're, uh, the person, you're, the, the group you're supporting today is good or bad, so long as they're uh, fighting for the same thing you are at the moment. I mean, you know, you, if 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 we're if if we're supporting ISIS. 
and it could very well be that we are, in order to overthrow the government of Syria, the minute that the Syrian government is overthrown, well, we'll be supporting somebody to overthrow ISIS. I mean, that's just the way you know what it goes. So who was it? General Patton at the end of the World War or Two uh, wanted to, to, to just uh, keep driving the tanks into the Soviet Union uh, <laughs> through, 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 through Germany and, and continue the war. I mean, I mean that that's that's generally the 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 the, um, the way the, the the policy makers think these days. Oh, it's so true, John. And and Curtis LeMay, the uh, Air Force general, uh, he he just insisted that you know Russia Russia was was on its backside at the end of the war, and the idea that Russia was a threat or Stalin was a threat was absolute rubbish, not a threat at all. I mean, Russia Russia was decimated by the war. It took at least until uh, the end of the fifties and the nineteen sixties before Russia was a normal country again. Lost twenty to forty million people, and the Nazis just ravaged Russia all the way up to Moscow and Leningrad. You know the east may have been may, may have been saved, but that's just, that's uh, resource rich areas but sparsely sparsely populated uh, uh, um, um, uh, oh who uh uh, Stalin, I guess it was, uh, moved uh, Russia's industry into the east to protect against the Nazi bombing. But if it wasn't from help from America, then maybe Russia would have been entirely run over as big a land mass as it is. I mean, it, 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 I don't know whether the entire land mass could have been run over. I mean, Russia is such a huge country. I mean, run, run, running running from the Polish border to the Pacific Ocean, my God. And, and, and all these years ago, when moving around wasn't quite as easy as it is today. But anyway, uh, the Nazis got stopped. But, but Russia was really decimated, and there was no possibility that Russia could be a threat. And uh, and the idea of calling them, calling it a threat was, was ridiculous. But Curtis LeMay was the one I remembered best, John. I mean, he wanted he wanted to nuke Russia while it was down and just wipe it out, even though Russia had nuclear weapons. And he admitted that we might end up losing Washington or New York or Philadelphia, but it's all right. It was a small price to pay because we could get rid of the Soviet Union forever. These are the crazies that that, that make policy in Washington. Thank you. We had Jack Kennedy in those days, uh, uh, John, and I, and I wrote about Jack Kennedy once uh, being being in a national security meeting with people like this. I don't know whether LeMay was there, but others like him were there suggesting policies like this. And he was so enraged that he got up in the middle of the meeting and stormed out of the room and later said to Dean Acheson, I think it was, uh, his, his uh, Secretary of State, and we call ourselves humanity. But can you imagine a U.S. president responding to anything even remotely close to these kind of uh, uh, thoughts or uh, uh, pol- uh, policy recommendations today. Not a chance. But we had Kennedy then, and today we have Obama. So I don't know what the devil we're heading into, John. I fear a great storm is out there, and it could hit us any time. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right about that. Uh, uh, and, 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 and and your, your description of, of Curtis LeMay is... It's exactly what I, I said about uh, uh, Ted Cruz. I mean, here's a man who grows up, you know, enters uh, the military, goes to school, uh, all of that, you know, and ends up just as dumb as he was when he entered. Uh, and and that is that that is 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 the the the, the strongest indictment. Of the educational uh, class in America that I can think of, that you're educating people uh, with with meaningless uh, uh, conventions, uh, and, and and you know the thing that made me got me into this thinking about this was I was living in Texas a few years ago when when there was an, an anti-evolution thing by the state's uh, school board, and they were banning the teaching of of evolution in in any of the public schools, and and I asked a a newspaper man, how come there's not a single college professor or or college uh, dean or president in the state of Texas pointing out just how ridiculous and stupid this is? 
It's but a terrible no, system, John. I mean, we, we, we have potentially the world's greatest educational system, and it goes down the drain because what we really need to be taught, we're not, we're not taught. John, I want to make a correction so I don't forget it. I, I mentioned, I, I said that Dean Acheson, uh, Jack Kennedy, Secretary of State, uh, Dean Acheson was Harry Truman's Secretary of State, and Dean Rusk, two deans, Dean Rusk was, uh, Ted, was, was uh, Jack Kennedy's Secretary of State. So at least I got that corrected. Yeah. Two deans. <laughs> But uh, uh, there's there's another thing that that I I don't think that uh, that the world uh, world's financiers, the people running this uh, corrupt system, uh, realize is that uh, up until now, wars were fought between uh, somewhat n- nation states with armies and uh, you know the Pentagon people in the Pentagon still want to fight that kind of war they they still keep reifying uh, non-government states uh, like uh, Al-Qaeda which never was an organization uh, of, of any uh, any significance uh, uh, to begin with now you know we have ISIS and uh, you know, all over the world, and we're we're fighting them as though we're fighting nation states, and uh, they, we don't we don't understand. You know, during the Second World War, there may have been saboteurs, but there weren't uh, assassins in foreign in, in foreign countries. Uh, uh, something like happened in Paris last week could never have happened in the Second World War, because the combatants in the Second World War were all military, uh, army personnel who followed orders. Uh, whether or not the people who carried out uh, attacks in, on 9-11 in America or uh, in Paris last week are military people uh, following uh, orders is dubious. They're people who are, simply have uh, adopted... Uh, uh, an attitude that causes them to commit these kinds of acts so that fighting this war is not a war against a state or an organization or somebody follow or, or army an army following orders it it we're, we're fighting a war uh, America is a state following uh, fighting a war against unorganized people we're just fighting the people themselves, not the army. And the, the people can uh, do things on their own initiative without having any orders from anybody whatsoever. And, 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 if, and, and when you look that in the face, uh, you, you face a, a worldwide element that's similar to the criminal element in, in capitalist countries. Uh, that no matter how strong the police powers of that country are, the criminal element is is impossible to defeat. And I'm, I'm afraid that that's what's happened. Uh, what's well, that's happened. right, John. Yeah. And, uh, in an article I wrote, uh, I quoted from Goethe via another guest on this program, Stop NATO's Rick Rosoff, speaking about uh, we're confronting monsters of our own creation and indeed they are monsters of our own creation, including the al-Qaeda types that at least go back to the 1980s, the Mujahideen recruited by America to fight the Soviets in Afghanistan. That goes back an awful lot of years, and throughout the years thereafter, al-Qaeda, give them any other name that you want, are used both as America's allies and enemies, sometimes simultaneously in different, in different theaters. So al-Qaeda can be uh, an enemy in, uh, in a country like Iraq, maybe at the present time, but in a previous time, it was an ally, and it's certainly an ally, American ally in Syria. It was a U.S. ally against Gaddafi in Libya. So when we demonize somebody, we really demonize somebody that, that's a U.S. ally, but this isn't explained. And I don't know that al-Qaeda is a U.S. enemy anywhere today. I mean, if you get these people and you put them in training camps in Georgia or, or in Turkey or in, in Jordan, 
and you train them to per, to perform all these heinous acts, and you fund them, and you give them heavy weapons, and if some of them come home and do some of the same things, well, where did this all begin anyway? It began with the yeah. with, with, with the country that instituted the program. You know, that's that, that's what I meant by my remark about Henry Kissinger uh, a minute ago. Uh, you know, real politic is Machiavellian. Uh, that's all real politic is. Uh, just do whatever it takes to 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 to, to uh, achieve your goal. Uh, you know, sell your soul to Satan if that's what it takes. You know, we'll take on Satan afterward. Well, maybe you will, maybe you won't. Um, but but that's that's the politics of it all. And sure, uh, you know, uh, you know, well, America uh, in Second World War teamed up with the Soviet Union, which it, uh, which it, it, it disliked, uh, uh, which, which it considered as an enemy, to, to let the Soviet Union defeat the Germans, and then we turn on the Soviet Union. When the, German U- when the Soviet Union defeats the Germans that we should have uh, never let get started in the first place. Uh, but that, that's, that's, that's real politic, and that's what's wrong with what, what's going on in the world in America today. Oh, it really is. The way I describe it is that America tolerates no sovereign, independent countries that feel they will run their own policies the way they wish, irrespective of uh, the way America wants things run. So all these independent countries have to be eliminated and replaced with pro-Western ones. I call them vassal states or U.S. colonies or stooge governments. And that's exactly what America is doing in going to war against Afghanistan and Iraq and Libya and Syria. That's what it's all about. It's not, it's not about uh, governments that, that are good or bad or anything in between, democratic or despotic or whatever. It's got nothing to do with any of those things. It, it's the difference between independence or fealty to, uh, fealty to America, sucking up to America, obeying U.S. policies. And the ones that go along with America get along just fine with the policymakers in Washington. And the ones who say, we want our sovereign rights to be the ones that we will be governed on under. And if they differ from your policies, well, that's too bad, stated, of course, in diplomatic language. I mean, that, that's, that, that, that's, that, that really is rattling sabers, uh, <laughs> a red flag in front of a bull, to get America to decide we're going to get rid of these, these people and put our own in charge, even if it means a war killing millions of people. And there's no better example in Afghanistan from October 2001 to this very moment, John, and you and I could be on air again ten years from now, and I guarantee you the war will still be going on. Yeah, no, not only will the war still be going on, the government will not uh, be sympathetic to uh, America. Exactly, I mean, nor should they be. That, that's a tribal society, and that, 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 the, the, the Af, Af, Afghans are going to uh, have tribal loyalties. They, they don't care about America. And John, I would put it, I would put it this way. I, I don't particularly like the way they run their government, the Taliban, when they were in power. I don't particularly like them at all. But it's their country and it's not mine. And it's not for me to decide how their country should be run. It's for the people of Afghanistan to decide with no foreign force at all intervening one way or the other. The people on their own need to take care of themselves, need to, need to decide their government and act one way or another to get the kind of government they want. The only reason another country should intervene is if their own security is really threatened because another uh, government is, is attacking it or, or the evidence is so overwhelming that an attack is imminent, then you absolutely have the right to self-defense. And all of that is in international law. I believe in international law. And I believe there should be no deviation from it. If we don't like the law, we should change it. Um, yeah, that's that's a, a good attitude. I would uh, simply say that uh, if if you don't like if, if we don't like the way a, a country uh, uh, is is being run by the government, it has the one. The, it, it's wrong to try to change it. The people should should change it. But it's even worse to kill the people to change it. 
Well, that's exactly right. I don't like the way America's run, John. I know you don't like it either. And I certainly want, I certainly want regime change, but I don't believe it should come about violently with, with, with people dying in the streets and so on. That's not the way I want to see America change, but I certainly want to see it change. And I know that protests aren't going to do a darn thing, and voting at the polls won't do a darn thing. There needs to be some kind of mass resistance, nonviolent, that will be sustained uh, any, any way people want to do it, the way we, the, the, the way all change comes about and has in America when civil rights were won, when labor rights were won. I mean, my God, America had a revolution, not the kind of revolution that I supported, where, where the regime that, that was knocked out was replaced by a similar one. The policy stayed the same, the management changed, but everything, else, everything changed but stayed the same. Instead of a monarch, we had a president, but it was really run about the same way, a little better than today, but, uh, but, uh, but, but, certainly, but certainly not a democracy. In, in any respect at all, and the founders absolutely did not want democracy and didn't institute democracy. But I know that the only way you can get change is by resistance. I want it to be nonviolent. I want it to be sustained, and I want people in this country on their own to want it enough to go out and fight for it. Again, I repeat, nonviolently. And if they don't do that, it'll only get worse. It certainly won't get better. Yeah, uh, uh, I, uh, I want to change topic a minute. Okay, we only have a couple of minutes. I, I, it's only going to take a couple of minutes. So we going to take a comment. Uh, we we had uh, talked about Milton Friedman a couple of uh, sessions ago, and uh, I called him Uncle Milty. I don't know whether or not you noticed uh, that the government of, of uh, Peru, uh, which uh, uh, Milty got involved with uh, sometime in the past, uh, is is uh, Finally, come to the conclusion that his uh, the pol- economic policies he instituted aren't working; that they're creating too much of a gap between the poor and the rich. You're talking about the, the president of Peru right now? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So uh, I was going to write a, a piece about that, but I haven't got written to about it. I was going to call the piece. Uh, Uncle Milty in the despot. <laughs> well, 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 I hope the president of Peru uh, will put will put his policies where his mouth is and actually do something. And by the way, in the 1950s, I actually met Uncle Milty, the other Uncle Milty. <laughs> Any, anybody old enough to remember early television remembers Milton Berle, and I actually met him once. Uh, I, I was I was working as a waiter in a hotel, and he was a guest. And he was absolutely dead. As comic as he was on television, he was absolutely stone-faced deadpan in my encounter with him. And I said, this is the comedian on television? He certainly, there was nothing comic about him when I met him. I don't even remember if he was a good tipper. <laughs> I, just, I don't remember. He didn't say very much to me. <laughs> I, I would conclude from the fact that you don't remember that he wasn't. <laughs> I, would assume, I would assume he wasn't. I, even, I met Rocky Marciano, too, but he was with his handlers, and they did all the tipping for, at a table, and they were lousy tippers, I remember that, a table of about 12 people with Rocky, and when I saw the tip that I got, I was, I, I was hoping he'd be knocked out in his next fight. <laughs> <laughs> of course, he had nothing to do with it. His handlers were handling it. But those were the old days, John. We're just about out of time. It, it, it's a pretty dire situation that we face, and I don't know where things are going. I, certain, I see nothing ahead to give me hope that we're going to see something a lot better than what we're facing now. But I really fear for the young people, and I fear for us all, because we can end up with some, in some kind of a global conflict that could be something there's no coming back from. And considering the people in Washington making policy and the ones they're associated with who don't have the backbone to decide they're going to decide policy on their own to hell with America, then anything is possible, John. We could end up with a nuclear war. I, I, don't, I don't think it's likely, but I do think it's possible, and the possibility is enough to scare me. Yeah, I'll tell you there's another possibility, and that is that there'll be um, uh, violence in the streets in America unless something happens here, and the United States is then going to have to face the world and 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 explain uh, its its own violent uh, uh, nature at home. Well, you're right, John. We saw it in the 1960s, the civil rights protests with, 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 with cities being set on fire. And conditions now, I think, are even worse than they were back then. And, yeah, and, 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 we're, and, heading, and we're heading for an explosion. 
and the way the 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 the, the, the country is is polarizing itself, uh, people against the police. But of course, it's not people against the police; it's people against the establishment, and the police is simply the establishment's uh, uh, instrument of uh, of of of, uh, of violence. Indeed, the police are not there to serve and protect us; they're to protect the people in power against against the popular will of the people, and that's what the police are there for. Oh, uh, you know, I don't know why we we we, we continue this nonsense. The police isn't is the police don't exist to protect anybody. The police exist to protect property. That's all. That's all they have ever done is protect property. Well, of course, the people, the people of means are the ones who own the property, John. Well, yeah, the people of means are the ones who own the property. But, but uh, you know, it, it, a policeman doesn't care. Uh, um, uh, the, the, you know, the police don't care if if if, 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 if a rich man with a pocket full of diamonds uh, gets killed and his diamonds get stolen if they catch the, the culprit. I mean, they're they're interested in catching the guy who stole the diamonds rather than saving the life of the guy whose pockets contain the diamonds. I mean, well, they might also be more interested in seeing what kind of loot they can put in their own pockets to profit. Well, yeah, that might be true too. But I mean, the, theoretically, the, the, this nonsense that police exist to protect people is baloney. Oh, it um, is baloney. It absolutely is, is baloney. When you see a police car and it says on it, uh, "We serve and protect," what a lot of rubbish, John. I know we're out of time. I haven't been cued by my studio, but but I think we've come to the end of the program. Uh, it's been another great hour, John. It goes by so fast. There's always so much to dis- to discuss. I look forward to getting you back again next month, John, for more. Okie doke, Stephen. Take care. How are you feeling? I'm feeling uh, reasonably okay. Still working on my issues. Uh, some days better than other days. Today was a pretty good day, John. When, when, I, when I had to cancel out on you a month ago, it was not at all a good day. But it certainly is a much better day for me today. Well, good. I'm glad to hear that. Thank you, John. We'll talk next month. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks.